Hello, my multi-potentialite friends. Welcome to the Multipod. It's great to have you back with us. My name is Vanessa, and I am one of the co-hosts of this show. And this week, we are talking about queerness and the experiences of LGBTQ2S plus folks who are also multi-potentialites. One of our Puttyverse members, Niusha, made a post in the forum all about this topic, and I was inspired to make a podcast episode about it. You may have even seen the post highlighted in the puttylike.com newsletter if that's one of the things that you get in your inbox. So I invited anyone who was interested to be a part of it, and Niusha and Hannah stepped up to the plate. We had such a great conversation, and it was pretty long, and I didn't want to leave anything out because I swear almost every second was valuable. (laughs) So we here at the Multipod decided to split it into two episodes. So this is part one, in which we talk about how labels can hurt and help us, both as queer folks and as multipotentialites, having seemingly contradictory identities within us, and normalizing stating our pronouns when we introduce ourselves to new people, and how this can be paralleled with introducing ourselves also as multipotentialites. I also do want to apologize for the audio quality. We had some technical difficulties, but the content is great, so please keep listening. So part two will continue the conversation and be released in just a few days. So look out for it soon. But first, here's our conversation. I would love if we could start it by introducing ourselves, uh, telling our listeners about our pronouns and telling our listeners briefly a bit about ourselves. Hannah, would you mind starting? Um, Okay, sure. So my name is Hannah. Um, I, my pronouns are, well, my, my pronouns are uh, she, her, I suppose. To be honest, I don't really care what pronouns get used, but, um, but yeah, that's um, so as to uh, cut down on confusion. Yeah. And um, so, um, well, I'm a multipod, so I have done many things. I have a background in um, in math, music, education, public health, nutrition. Um, I've spent most of my career teaching all different subjects, all different levels. Um, and just recently, I well, the last two years, I've been working at the Department of Education in New York. Cool. Very cool. Good stuff. Uh, all right, Niusha. Um, so... My name is Niusha. I use uh, she and her pronouns, but I'm okay with they and them. Uh, I have backgrounds in physics, mechanical engineering, theater, performance studies. Um, what else? Each of them are uh, umbrellas that I also did different things in within mm-hmm. each of them, like dance, uh, music. Um, performance art Uh, so now I am a full-time engineer and uh, passionate about theater and performance studies and also having identity crisis about (laughs) the crash of these two Mm. Um, oh I live in New York and I do want to say quickly, you were on our podcast before, so this is your second time, which is really exciting, actually. I love when we have repeat guests. And I remember we talked a lot about the intersection of your various interests and passions on our last episode. So I know it's like a process that can be ongoing. (laughs) 
I totally get it. Um, So I'll introduce myself as well so the listeners know a little bit about me too. My name is Vanessa. I use she, her pronouns. And uh, I am all... (laughs) I'm like, what am I? I, There's lots of things I could say. I am a podcast producer, uh, podcast host, obviously. Um, Also uh, do communications in a broader sense for my job. And I have so many different interests. I love languages and traveling and podcasts and writing and reading and exercise and yoga like I just could go on and on and on which is honestly why we're here because of the whole multi-potentialite thing so that is me cool thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself so uh to start us off I wanted to talk about uh this is something that Hannah actually brought up when we were preparing for this episode uh labels um what are the pros and cons like when we talk about genders and orientations as well as professions and careers or any other parts of our lives, are labels helpful or are they hurtful? And I think that's something that we definitely talk a lot about when we're talking about queerness, which is our Mm. main topic today. So I definitely want to hear what you all think about that. That's a very good question. And um, I think for every person and for every categorization it's different uh for me labels about gender identity and sexual orientation tend to be very complex but also helpful Um, before i knew about my queerness or i had a word about uh, describing it or even Mm -hmm. processing it i just felt that there is something off when I compared myself with all of my friends. So I felt broken for a very long time and I felt uh, that I have no control over what it is broken. And I didn't even know what it is. I really tried to research and read and explore, but uh, before I knew about the terminology and knew about gender studies discourses, I had no theoretical or analytical tool um, to even process it in my own head and uh, later on uh, express it and communicate it to others. So when I found out about asexuality as a label and as a um, community, it, it was one of those moments that suddenly everything made sense at once. And I, um, I went down the rabbit hole and I read a lot on every asexuality website that I find, I found on the web, um, and it was the first label that helped me mm-hmm. to analyze and communicate. Although it was complex, because when I communicated to my friends, they didn't receive it as well as I expected them to. So they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, everyone is like that," and I would say, "No, not everyone is like that." That's why there is a label for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the label itself didn't change all of my problems right but um i i read more and more uh, and i shifted my education and my academic focus towards performance studies which is in fact 90 percent gender studies um oh interesting yeah um no one knows about it because performance studies sounds like something about theater although it started um from theater people but later on in it um it became an intersection of 
gender studies, critical race theory, critical theory, sociology, political science. Um, and when I learned about different labels, it, it, it again, it, it brought more and more questions and dilemmas and identity crises um, in, in, in my head. Uh, but eventually I made my peace with the fact that I couldn't just be identified with a single or even two labels. So um, it took me several years to uh, accept that you can choose as many labels and identify as many labels as uh, you feel comfortable with. And that empowered me. But the moment of empowerment came with years of suffering and pain and um, questioning. Uh, but I want to just tell... Um, tell the listeners that not every category um, for me labeling is helpful. For example, about nationality, I tend to identify as a queer national, which a term mm. that I <laughs> kind of invented myself because I feel like um, I can't identify with any nationality. Not only that, but also I don't even believe in the notion of a nationality the same way that I don't believe in the notion of gender binary. Yes, mm. it's a social construct. People can believe in it. For me, I don't believe in it, um, and I don't believe in the notion of nationality either. So I identify as queer national. Um, so this, this is a refusal to identify with a certain nationality. So for me, labeling as Iranian or as Middle Eastern or Iranian-American or whatever that is already there and already used, none of them... Uh, fully describe who I am in terms mm -hmm. of my nationality and my race and my ethnicity. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very individual thing, which can be um, hard because with labels, we want to put people into categories or put things mm -hmm. into categories and then label them. So mm -hmm. while it's a very individual uh, choice or experience to figure out your label, if you want to figure out your label for whatever we're talking about, whether it's gender identity or sexuality or where you come from, all that stuff. Like it's still, it's still something that involves sweeping people mm. with a big brush sort of. Right. So I totally get what you're saying. I think, um, it, but it sounds like the finding of labels did kind of open a gateway for you to really learn more about yourself. And I agree for me, I don't like labels either. When it comes to my sexuality, I would rather just be like, I'm Vanessa. I don't want to have to explain to anybody who I love and who I want to spend time with and who I like, whatever. Um, I also have adopted the label of asexuality as well, but I'm also like, it's nobody's business. So why even need a label? So yeah, it's, it's a tough one for sure. Um, labels are very interesting and I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on just labels. Hannah, I would definitely love to hear what you think as well. Um, yeah, I, I definitely relate to a lot of what Neyusha was saying, like a lot of her experience in terms of both um, discovering, not discovering a label for my sexual orientation that really resonated with me until much later in life, like, you know, many years after, like, adolescence and, like, growing up, you know. Um and also in terms of like still eventually then realizing um, that label is just one label and I don't have to be married to it. I can 
actually there are a lot of other labels out there that also really resonate with me and in any given moment it's not always relevant like you know one label over another um for me personally I um growing up I always kind of had a sense that like um I I remember that there were three distinct um, gender or sorry, sexual orientation labels like that I could choose for. It was I was either gay, straight or bisexual. And of course, even that was like (laughs) an enlightened viewpoint at the time that like, um, but somehow none of those ever just I, I was like, I know I'm not straight but I don't think I'm gay, but also I don't like the word bisexual. I just, it doesn't, I don't feel like that's what I am. I don't relate to other bisexual people. And it was particularly confusing because I would have everybody in my, just, you know, all sorts of different people in my life would try to convince me that they, that I was whatever they were. Like they would see some, some version of themselves in me, which is, you know, I think more broadly applies also being a multi-pod, like going into any universe at any given time, like, Absolutely. oh, what are you all up to? And like, oh, great, you like, you found us, you can join us now. And, you, know, <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah so. it's kind of that idea of like, um, I heard somebody once say, uh, being LGBT, really, the only thing in common that we have is that we're sort of in a sexual identity or gender identity minority quote I'm using air quotes yeah. for those who can't see me uh and that's really the only thing that binds us together otherwise we could be republicans we could be democrats we could be conservative we could be christians we could be muslims we like there we could be all these different labels and like really the only thing that we share is that sort of sexual identity mm. or gender identity yeah. minority and I was like that's so true. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with multi-potentialites. Like, no, multi-potentialite is going to be exactly like another one. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, definitely. So, yeah, I, so for me, the the label that I guess really, the, the first one that I came across that really resonated with me, I don't actually even remember the first time that I heard it, um, but the word is pansexual. And, like, mm-hmm. it was funny because I, I, I know I'm educated enough to hear that word and be like, oh, I get it. Like, I know exactly what that means. And that's exactly what I am. And, and like, why have I why have I never heard this word before? Um, the thing that I was that was sort of like disheartening or disillusioning is like I when I first started to embrace this label is is realizing people had so many weird misconceptions about it. Um, and also just in general that like, like anything else, you know, just because I, this label resonates with me doesn't mean that I am exactly the same as all the other people who also use this label, you know, that like whoever other people you've interacted with who use this label, like, I don't, I don't know what I have in common with all, all the people who identify this way. I think for me, it's just like when I, um, like the notion of sexual orientation is like gender is just completely irrelevant to me, if that makes sense. It's, um, you know, and, um, I, the problem that I always had with the word bisexual was like, well, I don't, I don't really perceive two different sexes that like, you know, and the people I know who, who identify as bisexual, um, often do kind of have like a type in, in each category and like, you know, that's cool. So, so like you have a, a label that, that works for you. Um, in any case, I kind of, um, I mean, I still identify that way if people, like if, if someone asks me and I, and I feel like they might actually know what these terms mean, but 
Um, but I like part of my um, frustration was realizing a lot of people have the misconception that pansexual means hypersexual because mm-hmm. because if you can be attracted to any human theoretically, then surely you are attracted to all humans <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Um, and, and that, and, and sure, surely some, some pansexual people are also hypersexual, but, but then I kind of realized that's a whole separate spectrum. And, um, you know, I'm definitely not asexual, but I'm definitely closer to that end of the spectrum, you know, than as compared to hypersexual. I suspect that most people are, to be honest, and that our society has kind of a weird bias towards hypersexuality. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, then I came across the term demisexual at some point and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like people who don't really feel that sexual attraction until they get to know someone, I can definitely relate to that. Like, you know, I, I find it a little straight, like, like there are some people who like could, you know, look at a total stranger and, and feel attraction. And for me, it's like, I can kind of assess their, you know, like so, something on like sort of objectively maybe in their appearance but I don't like I I'm if I like I would have to make up a story about them to you know <laughs> to, to like feel attracted totally to um so um so yeah I think that I think that labels you know can can be really um important but I also think you know in terms of helping you understand your identity um, but I also think that they, you know, they can, it can be a double-edged sword if you forget that like the label, you know, this was a, this is a tool to help you. It doesn't have to rule your life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, labels are helpful in terms of maybe figuring out something about yourself, but it doesn't mean that, uh, they will cover everything of what you are. Right. Of course. And, um, just having that understanding, knowing that, humans are complicated and you can't put a label on every single little tiny part of them. Right. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, a lot of what you said resonated with me as well. Um, so that's, that's super interesting. And, and speaking of labels, it makes me think of us as multi-potentialites. Like, can we say that, I mean, I don't know if we can have like a definitive answer to this, but I wonder if there is uh, something to be explored about uh, multi-potentialites and queerness kind of going hand in hand a little bit. And I think for me, I realized that that is true. Like when I kind of discovered the word multi-potentialite from Emily Wapnick's TED Talk, (laughs) like so many other people, uh, I was like, oh my God, like that actually describes so many facets of me, like different parts of my life. And it was it kind of eventually dawned on me, no wonder I don't have a specific gender or sexual identity that I'm attracted to. No wonder I, like you, uh, Hannah, just see uh, people for being people and not uh, their, you know, their their body parts, let's say. And it just was like, wow, um, this makes so much sense in so many different parts of my life. Uh, I think I'm a multi-potentialite in many different parts of my life. So yeah, I'm wondering if you all had the same kind of experience or not. Like, um, Definitely. I can argue that uh, multi-potentiality and um, queerness both um, come from uh, that part of me uh, that wants to always question, breaks the norms and break the rules, and um, 
not comply by any uh, <laughs> uh, tradition or religion and just discover and explore whatever um, interests me. And um, it's, it's a curse and it's a blessing. For example, I tend to have identities that are exactly the opposite of each other. And that doesn't make sense to me. And it's painful. For example, I am both an asexual and a hypersexual. Mm. And I can make sense of it. I am both a pansexual and an omnisexual. Pansexuals um, don't see gender. And omnisexuals see gender. And they both are, are attracted to different people. But I mean, by definition, for example, asexuality and um, hypersexuality are opposite each other. And I... I, I can identify with both. So not being able to choose one or even some identities that would, would like logically go together. And my brain wants to use as many identities as, it, as resonates and as many identities as, as they don't even make sense together. Mm. And I can't help it. <laughs> and it's it's both very amusing and very painful at the same time. Mm. So <laughs> my multipotentiality um, reflects in in, in my um, queerness. The fact that I I now identify with literally twenty one labels is a very multipotential. Uh, like classic multiple dimensional life. <laughs> Do you know that it's 21? Did you yeah, figure yeah, out I it's? Yeah, yeah, I Yeah, yeah. I've written it down, yeah. Oh, that's actually really awesome. <laughs> no, I love that because like it's an exploration into yourself. Why not? It is. And also it's not as uh, contradictory as I'm, I'm making it sound. For example, mm -hmm. I identify as a non-binary and as a woman. Non-binary <laughs> by definition means that you don't believe in the binary. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in the binary, but I also identify as a woman. And for so long, I thought, okay, that doesn't make sense. You either believe in it or you don't believe in it. And then um, I researched and I found there is a term called lunarian. means a non-binary person who also identifies with the same experiences or had the same history and background that as a, as a woman. Yes. So you could be both, although they sound... Um, contradictory to each other so totally. there are terminology that is being invented any day and any week mm -hmm. uh, that would help help me feel not as paradoxical and as um chaotic that i have, sometimes feel yeah have you heard of Carmen Esposito, Cameron Esposito, sorry. Uh, she is a stand-up comedian. I don't yeah. know if either of you. Maybe She's I... hilarious, and she identifies as lesbian, I'm pretty sure. She was married to another comedian named Rhea Butcher, who, uh, no, not recently, a while ago, tweeted about how they use they-them pronouns normally, but then politically they use she-her because she-her pronouns actually have a political weight to them. So it's like your pronouns, your identity can be multifaceted and have different purposes and different, you know, you can guide your energy into things in different ways with these different parts of you. And I think that's really like, that's pretty cool, actually. Like to me, I was like, whoa, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. And I love it because 
we don't, we, sh- we sh- in my opinion, shouldn't be so restrictive with mm-hmm. labels and everything. So yeah, having the labels is awesome because it helps you figure certain things out, but they can coexist with these other things. And- exactly. And there are yeah. labels that mean that you switch between identities in a day or even in five minutes, or mm-hmm. you have them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, all, I identify with all of those. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, to, to be fluid in between them and maybe this day I feel more feminine and another day I feel less feminine um, and I think also ex- except for uh, the personal and individual peace of mind that labels could bring they, they are also tools that we can use in order to advocate for certain groups and communities of people who have been always misunderstood and suppressed and marginalized Mm -hmm. and uh, it is a political tool and it is a cultural Mm -hmm. tool and without them it would be so difficult to communicate it needs to be yeah we need to narrow down uh, attentions of people who are whom we are communicating these concepts to so that they have a framework to discuss it to think about it to process it Uh, and even for ourselves so not having any labels, I would say, would not really help because we we all know that throughout all history, there have been trans people, there have been non-binary people, but these terminologies didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So these people didn't have the tool to unionize, to to come together and think about their identity and express their, their identity. And language has evolved ever exactly. since it has existed. So Exactly. Totally. I, I really don't don't agree with not having any labels and we are all human and we should mm-hmm. be all called human because the real world needs some changing, some alteration. This is not the utopia. Yeah. If, we, if we want to uh, go towards more equality, uh, we need to... Be aware of and the different experiences that we exactly. sometimes label as different things, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I... I I acknowledge that labeling may may become a restrictive uh, tool, but as long as we are aware of it and self-aware of it. And uh, And always having the conversations. mm -hmm, I think that's super, mm -hmm. super important. I know Hannah was was really nodding along at something, so definitely would love to hear what you say, what you uh, think as well. Um, yeah, you know, again, that a lot of what you're saying resonates with, I mean, really all of what you're saying is really, really resonates with me. I think Labels are, you know, they're so important in so many ways. Um, and, you know, I think I think in some ways they, um, you know, I mean, just thinking back to my experience as a kid, like being offered three labels and, and somehow that wasn't enough for me. I, I really feel like, you know, the honest truth is that there are as many um, like gender identities and sexual orientations as there are humans, maybe even more because, we, you know, like Niusha is saying, we, we all have more than one that we can be at different times sometimes contradictory so you know yeah. in some ways the the labels are sort of you know um they can really be helpful in terms of our discovery of, of ultimately of who uh, like our understanding of who we are um and also you know so people can find other people like themselves and you know like Nisha saying advocate for for yourself as a as a group of people um I um I really relate to to you what you say about feeling like a non-binary woman um you know, I, 
that's um, it's interesting. I don't I don't know if um, if you like if, I think our experiences are a little I mean, I'm sure our experiences are different because we're two different people. Um, but I would say that for me, like my my experience um, being a woman, I, you know, people often say as particularly um, trans people often say that it's one of their first memories was was just certainty of their gender, you know, and knowing that it's the, the like they should be the opposite gender somehow just this having the certainty and um, I find that very interesting. I, you know, I think that, um, and people often like in order to to help them understand, like it's it's a story they tell to help people understand. You know, cisgender people presumably who you know had a similar experience, but it wasn't there. There was no conflict. There was no internal conflict. For me, I like I just never had any sort of certainty. I genuinely feel like. I had to learn that I was a girl and I was okay with it. I was, I was kind of like, sure. Okay. You know, I I kind of felt the same way about my gender that about anything that I was assigned at birth about my eye color or my, my hair color, you know, it's just sort of like, okay, I'm fine with this. I don't feel compelled to change it. Um, Same here. And, um, and like, that's hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. And, and feeling sort of like, you know, I don't believe in the, in a gender binary. Like I, I never did, even before I had the vocabulary to, to say that out loud, I was just like, I always knew something was wrong there. Um, but at the same time, I, I am a woman and, you know, biologically I'm a woman and I'm okay with it. Like, I don't, you right. know, I, um, and, um, yeah, and we, you know, we, we were starting to have a, a conversation earlier about, um, you know, about pronouns, about like the, the practice of, um, using these, like, like in, in when, you know, when introducing yourself to people to, um, you know, to identify your gender pronouns. And I do think it's, it's wonderful that this, that this is a practice that people are normalizing, that, that cisgender people are normalizing. I think that's, that's huge. I think that's really good that people are, are practicing it and, and encourage just showing like this, you know, um, this is fine. This is normal. You can tell people what you want your pronouns to be like, you know, and, and like I to me, it's, it's sort of like solidarity when I when I see people do that. I think it's I think it's really cool for me personally. I um, I kind of feel conflicted about it because I like I, I like I, I don't I wouldn't say that I'm confused, but just that I feel like I, I genuinely don't care, like, you know, <laughs> what, what pronouns people call me. And I guess, you know, I, I don't, I've never had the experience people, I guess it's pretty obvious to people what my birth gender is, you know, no one's ever mistook me for the, for the other gender. Um, but I genuinely feel like, you know, um, I mean, I, I wish that English had a, a, just a neutral, like a third person gender neutral pronoun. And of course we do. And, you know, I also at the same time, like, you know, going back to this, like normalizing, um, I, I really appreciate how many people um, I'm seeing more and more like, you know, the and, and Yusha, I think this you, you said she, her, I'm OK with they, them. I think maybe eventually I'll get to a place where I'm like, OK, that's that's how I'm going to identify. But yeah, during during times of confusion and of course, and, and like this is true also for, for a lot of trans that like, you know, um, I don't think that like the the practice should ever be required. I think it should always be optional because during times of transition or confusion or yeah, just yeah. general or, or just for whatever reason, not wanting to label yourself, you know, it's, yeah. um, and of course, like I, I was so happy when, when the putty verse, like a few months ago, I think we had the option to, um, to identify our, our, our pronouns. And I, I was so, so glad that 
they added it and that they made it optional. So you can do that. Like, you know, nobody's making you do it, but you can. And, yeah, um, yeah. and a lot of people have done it. So, yeah, your, your point about, um, having it be that it can be awkward sometimes for people is is totally true um for the for this episode i thought it'd be nice to um to include it just to say you know we may have people of different gender identities on this episode and just to sort of demonstrate that that might be happening um and you're totally right like i feel like it, it must be awkward for some people to be like, you know what, I don't know what pronoun to tell you right now. And, but they feel like they can't say that right in a public forum, let's say. So yeah, definitely things to think about. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's another multipotential uh, moment because whenever we are asked, what is your job? What is your passion? Mm-hmm. What do you want to become? It's such a huge weight on our shoulder that oh my god I have to choose some words right now yeah. and maybe those words would define the rest of my life I don't want to do that and whenever you're asked what is your gender identity or sexual orientation or what is your preferred pronoun I at least feel the same weight on my shoulders that oh I have to at least at the, I know that it's just momentarily and I'm just doing it for this moment but I don't yeah. want to choose even in this moment frankly the obsession <laughs> of trying to pe- make people choose at the same at, at, at that time to explain their sel- themselves mm-hmm. and to describe what they like or what they do or what is their orientation I it is really troubling because I think there are better ways to connect with people and to communicate with them without asking about their identities and about their interests the first time that we see them. I had always and had this problem. Go ahead. Well, no, it just makes me think that, you know, your gender identity may be the least interesting thing about you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like maybe you're actually a very compassionate person. Maybe you are passionate about art. Maybe you have this other thing. Like the fact that you identify a certain way, like your gender a certain way mm. is like, probably yeah and also the nationality (laughs) it's it's just like being an immigrant here the first thing that everyone asks me is what is your nationality where do you come from where are you from yeah oh this i hate that because every time not only i have to choose at that moment if i want to tell them that i'm i have been raised in this country and born in another country and now i'm Mm. living in a third country or i just want to to do the easy answer and give them the answer that they want so that they just go away. Yeah. Uh, and every it's like time you have pick to, your battles. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't do that with every person that you meet. And yeah. it's just the fact that I have every time, I, or either I should just give them the wrong easy answer or I should educate them about, okay, nationality is a social contra- construct, borders are problematic social constructs. And we don't have but you just, can't educate can't, everybody all the time. And, you know, there's this conversation not to totally bring this into a different direction. So I'll just say it quickly. But there's this conversation of like, you know, with Black Lives Matter, it's like we need to be as white people educating ourselves as well, not always relying on black people to be educating us. 
So it's tiring for you to constantly be like, hey, dude, let me tell you my <laughs> my thoughts on this every time I'm just trying to buy a stupid hot dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with, like, um, what is your passion? Or what is, it, it's all the same. They want, like, we want, I don't, I'm not going to other them, but we all want easy answers and it, um express way to someone's soul and mind in yeah. under three minutes mm. and that doesn't work thank you again everyone for listening we would love to hear from you if you have an idea for an episode or if you would like to be a guest or even if you'd like to help out with the podcast you can email us at the multipodcast at gmail.com and if you're part of the puttyverse you can contact me my name is vanessa or ted or flow there if you are interested in finding out more about the Puttyverse and puttylike.com, visit www.puttylike.com. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.